0: Welcome back to The Profitable Python. I'm your host, Ben McNeil, and on this episode, you will meet Miguel Grinberg. Miguel wrote his first line of code in 1983 and hasn't stopped coding since. He's a Python developer at Twilio and blogs at blog.miguelgrinberg.com about a variety of topics including web development, Python, robotics, photography, and the occasional movie review. Miguel is the author of the Flask Mega Tutorial, and the O'Reilly book, Flask Web Development. He calls Portland, Oregon his home, but is currently living in Ireland. Miguel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. Very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Uh, first things first, just to kick this off, I want to know where does your love of code come from?
1: Oh, yeah, that, that, that's been... Uh with me for most of my life. I started coding when, when I was, I think, maybe 12 or 13 uh, wow. in a home computer, uh, you know, in, in those days where, you know, you, you had a computer for the home. Uh, so I started uh, coding in, in basic, in the basic language, which I learned by reading the manual that came with the computer, right? And, wow. uh, and yeah, I I mean, it went on from there and then I, I, I ended up going to uh, a computer science uh, in college and graduated, and uh, it it's it's like a perfect match with me. <laughs> uh, it's something that I, I I I took and I never looked back. Wow, yeah, that that is amazing. i you didn't even have to
0: question your path. It was like it just all un, unfolded in front of you. Is kind of what it, it sounds exactly. like.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know I I as soon as I knew what this was about, I knew that it was the thing that I wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Uh, why did you choose Python to express your passion for code? I know it's probably changed over the years, but right now that's your, is that, yes. is that safe to say that's how you choose to yeah, express uh, it?
1: So, so Python is my, my main, uh, language these days. Uh, so, uh, so Python chose me actually. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this was, uh, uh, Maybe, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago. Uh so I, I was uh I was a C engineer at the time. Uh we, we had a, a product that was very difficult to test, uh be, because you know, we we needed to write tests in C. And uh, it was a big company, so so there were people that uh you know, a QA department, their job was to write tests. And they weren't very happy about testing our particular product, our, our library, which was C++. So, so we came up with the idea of writing uh, a uh, bindings for, for an easier language for them. And uh, they they liked Python, you know, the, this, this group of people. Uh, the, the preference was that, that we do it in Python, so we did. And I, I, I actually, I, I was the one who did the, the work to do that. And I, I fell in love with the language. And and then, as I always do, I started tinkering with it at home, on on my personal projects, and it went from there. Hmm. Wow, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever
0: told me that Python shows them. That's really awesome. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, what was the moment like when you were writing your first line of code in
1: '83? <laughs> uh, so, uh, I. I I, I I'm gonna lie if I tell you that this was exactly my first line of code. <laughs> one of the first things that that basically sealed the deal for me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with respect to coding, was seeing this, uh, or, or knowing or learning how to write this uh, little program that asked your name, and then it greeted you by showing your name back. Excellent. Th- that that was you know it it was part of the. Uh, of the demo uh, software that came with my, my first computer, which was a Texas Instruments uh, TI-99. Uh, and I saw that at a store and I said, I wanna do this. How does it know my name? <laughs> and, you know, the, 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 finally when, when I got the computer, I I wanted, you know, the only thing I wanted is to learn how the computer could remember my name. Hmm. Wow, That's, that is awesome.
0: And uh, what would you, would you consider that your first success as a software developer, or is there something else that's kind of like monumental as like your first success? Uh,
1: <laughs> probably, uh, I mean, there, definitely that was a success. But probably the first significant success I had was when I wrote a, a little program that will solve my accounting homework i was in high school in those days yeah and uh accounting was you know the, the thing that everyone dreaded it, it was so difficult uh, you know you have to do all these operations and then at the end of everything you have to sum two columns and they had to have the exact same amount and all, there, there was always a, a little difference in the sense so i i wrote this basic program to to do it for me and uh basically it, it caught errors the moment I was making them instead of having to wait until the end and then some and then find that there's a mistake and then go have to debug all the transactions. So wow. I, I think that was probably the, the first success. And it was a huge success with my friends, you know, my, my, oh, sure. you know, the, the, <laughs> the other kids in the, you know, in the class, yeah. which uh, many came to my home to, you know, to use the program as well.
0: Yeah. So it, it assisted, with doing the homework or did it actually just do it right. all for you?
1: No, no, no. So, so I, I had to, uh, so, so normally you will do it on paper. So, right. so I, I wrote this program and I would enter the transactions on, you know, on the program and and then uh, the, the program will display what I needed to put on the paper. And amazing. then I will just copy the numbers. Yeah, so.
0: man, that's amazing. Right. And little did you know you had the uh, tech software that's so heavily uh, utilize today the bookkeeping <laughs> software in your hands there. That's awesome,
1: right. man. I mean, nothing like that existed. <laughs> of course, there was no, you know, no Intuit as far as I know. Yeah, in right. those early days. Hmm. Wow. That's amazing.
0: So uh, we're just changing the subject a little bit. Where does your passion for
1: filmmaking come from? Uh, uh, that That's a good question. I, I don't know. Like, like many things that I like, I don't know why I, I like them. But uh, but yeah, at some point I uh, I, I went to uh, the film school. Uh, this, this is uh, long ago. I, I lived in in Argentina, which is my my birth country. Okay. And uh, I, I basically I I, I was uh, passionate about uh, more, more than anything. I, th- I think editing. I I loved seeing how you can tell a story by piecing together different. You know different segments of film that were all shot at different times, but somehow then it ended up being a continuous thing that flows beautifully hmm. right so, so that that's the thing that that interested me interested me the most, so I wanted to learn how to do that and i I did at some point i i don't do that uh, now no, i I always joke that. I, I always want to use my kids as subjects, but when <laughs> when they see me with the camera on my hand, they run away <laughs> right? because they you know they don't feel that same, you know the same interest mm-hmm. and, uh, but but anyway i i I did uh, a number of things, and, and probably the the most important thing is that I met my wife at film school. Oh wow, uh, amazing so, so uh, not related to film, but still significant, very significant. Yeah. Absolutely, man.
0: You know, uh, just like a little pattern that I've recognized is (laughs) so you said you have, you've kind of developed this love for taking little bits of footage and kind of putting it together into this flowing story. And I, one of the questions I had in here was related to how you sequence some of your blog posts. And I wonder, I wonder if some of that (laughs) intuition with filmmaking and chunking things together goes into the, the, Uh, because that, that's amazing the sequences of your blog posts.
1: Uh, that that's a good point. I have to say that with the uh, with the blog, uh, a lot of what I do, I I take cues from the community, uh, right? So so uh, you you may think that I'm this this great mastermind, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mean in in, in all honesty. A lot of the things that I write is because, hey, Miguel, could you write about this? And you know, if I hear it two, three, four times, and um, okay, sure, I'm, I'm now I'm now interested, right? And and uh, you know that that that's that's how uh, how things uh, some sometimes end up on my blog. Uh, hmm. The uh, the the mega tutorial, the Flask mega tutorial, uh, was uh, heavily influenced by what I was doing at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so this is after we we started using Python at work for, for this uh, testing effort It was in those days and uh, we were experimenting with different things and we we were starting to to see the the power of doing uh, web applications. and uh, a lot of the things that we were trying at, at, at work then I decided to to put into chapters of the mega tutorial. So hmm. um, it's it's all you know based on on actual. You know, research that we were doing in in those days.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's actually why I originally gravitated towards that learning resource was because it was there's so many like toy apps and toy trainings out there, and that was my first taste of like, okay, you start from scratch, and by the end, you're deploying this thing on Heroku and you're using Docker and all. Like to me, that that's why I think I fell in love with it. But uh, actually, I was curious, why do you think? So many people love that ultimate flask tutorial. Uh,
1: yeah I, I I'm not really sure uh, the, the The thing that to me is the most important I, I don't fool people into thinking that it is super easy and you know that you, you will learn Flask in one hour right I, I went for you know for the long ride I, I showed how to go from from zero to you know to a lot, right. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, so, the the kind of people that I think like you know you know what I do is you know the, those who who then uh, you know use it for something real. Uh, I, I you know the, the the thing that I love the most is when people tell me that thanks to the uh, to the bigger tutorial they uh, they got a better job or or a promotion. You know they, they learned something that they they could apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that that's exactly the the goal for me to not, not to, to write a, a toy application, but you know, to do something real that uh, that it, it, it actually was real to me at some point. And then I'm, I'm writing about the experience. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, huge wins, it sounds like, for uh, people that are leveraging that learning resource.
1: Now, uh, if, if, if you want something, uh, you know, a funny story, uh, I, I was I was doing a presentation at some point uh about sharing which i 'm sure we 're going to talk about that later but mm-hmm. but anyway i I wanted to uh to show i i went and dig up the uh, I, I dug up the the first tweet for chapter one of the flask mega tutorial and uh it has only one like and one retweet so <laughs> so in those days uh you know, I, I did not have, you know, the tutorial did not have that much following. It, it was building over time. And the tutorial took me about a year to write. Uh, hmm. the, the first few chapters was, was a very lonely experience for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, eventually it caught on and people started uh, using it and, you know, you know, talking to others and, you know, it grew up into a snowball from from there.
0: Yeah, that, that's amazing. So would you would you say that's like the thing that people started, like that that almost gave you a personal brand? Was that body of work or was I, it a I, culmination of a bunch, you know, just prolifically creating content?
1: Uh, well, actually, I, I'm not really that prolific. People have the impression that I am, <laughs> uh, but I probably write one or two posts okay. a, a month and I've always had that you know that average uh so so yes I, i'm not putting out content like crazy uh, so uh so so yes I, I i think it was the uh a, a combination of the, the content that was specific to flask at, at the time uh this was uh i believe it was uh 2012 uh th- there were no books about flask you know very few people wrote on, on blogs about flask I, I think i was probably one of the first okay uh, so so i i think that was it uh there was no really no no other source if 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 you wanted something more than what you get from the official documentation then, then it was my my posts basically hmm. wow yeah what a lesson in uh just kind of
0: being the the, the first one in there seeing an opportunity or, I mean, it wasn't like a master plan, though, you were saying, though, right? It was just, you just created it. It was like a perfect storm, I, I guess. I could
1: tell saying. you that I'm, yeah, as I said, <laughs> I, I'm a mastermind at this, right? That I'm a, I'm a genius. I can always spot the opportunities. <laughs> really, no. Uh, so, so I, uh, I mean, the, the full story is that I... I wrote my blog, the, 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 you know, my, my blog, the, the com, is a Flask application that I wrote myself. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote it, I, I basically, I decided to use Flask because I, I looked at a few of the frameworks and that's the one that I liked the most. So uh, so so when I finished the blog and, I, and the blog was deployed but had no content, what should I write about? And, you know, it seemed only natural to write about the experience that i just went you know through by writing a flask application hmm. so, so yes no really uh, mastermind at work here yeah um, i i love the
0: model though like because it seems like correct me if i'm wrong here but that same model could be applied today to any side project if you were somebody who was trying to just create a create a blog and, yes, and create absolutely. some content right
1: and that, that's that's the thing that I'm, I'm I'm very passionate and I always try to, uh, to communicate is that uh, yeah the, the the power of personal projects the side projects and and then you know the the second part to that is sharing them right uh, so so yes definitely those two things are really big uh, for for me there, there were the, the road to success I, I guess if, if, if you will yeah uh, and uh, yes I always uh, always talk about you know, you you, sh- you should write about this, uh, because you know that that that's basically at, at this point, my my blog posts speak up for me, right? They advocate for me. I mean, you 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 think I'm a prolific writer, and and I'm really not. For example, right? Yeah. So, so you see all the you know the great things that uh, I get from from this. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It's just I guess you get
0: so much momentum over time. And before you know it, you have this huge body of work. And as you say, it just, you know, it's working for you night and day you're sleeping and people are consuming and yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, if you had to learn web development from scratch again, what would be the first topic that you would want to learn?
1: Um, it it was easier back in the day, right? There, There were less technologies to, uh, to choose from. Um, so probably uh, traditional web development, so, so server-side or server-centric development, where, where uh, everything is done by the server, uh, is probably the first that I would like to learn. Uh, that that will give you the, the the base from where you can then jump on to single-page apps, you know, and all those newer crazy things that uh, that, that then yeah they have so many paths and. You know frameworks and 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 these frameworks change so often right uh so so uh yeah a a a small application that that does everything in the server is something that you can uh that you can probably wrap your mind around without getting uh, getting very distracted about all the other things Mm -hmm. so so that will probably be uh, a strong start today and you know in in the old days uh, both
0: Hmm. Yeah, that uh what what is it? Uh simple is better than complex is one of the
1: Right. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I, I see that these days uh people gravitate towards single page apps without knowing, you know, the you know the traditional way. And uh and yes, single page apps have a, you know, they, they can be great, uh, but but for many types of applications, a, a traditional application that server side. Uh, works fine and for actually for most applications a combination of server side and single page is what works the best Mm. Uh, so uh so i i think knowing the uh, the the basics first and then going towards the 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 newer more complex stuff uh will give you the power to to choose and 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 to combine those uh those two kind of those two big schools of web development that we have today Mm cool
0: yeah that that gives me and uh the audience a framework to operate around so thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing that sure Uh, what would be so kind of along the same lines of the last question what would be the first tool that you reach out for if you had to start over from scratch with web development
1: uh so i i i didn't start as i said i didn't start with python i i think python is a fantastic first language to learn so, so, yes, definitely that, that will be my, my first choice. I mean, knowing what I know, right? Probably if, if I was starting, I would not know what I know. Right. So I, I will have to rely on advice. So, so here I am giving advice. <laughs> uh, so, so, yes, Python is, uh, is a really good language to start. Uh, and, and then once, once you learn the basics, uh, I find that uh, learning a new language isn't that difficult. You know, once you you understand one, uh, you know, learning the second language is uh, is a lot easier. Mm. So, um, so starting with Python, I, I think will will allow you to um, to get the understanding quicker than than with with you know other languages. Say say JavaScript, which is a it's, it's a good language. I, I like JavaScript, but but it, it's more difficult. You know, all, all the asynchrony. It's probably something that you, you don't have to worry in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, definitely I, I will go with Python to, to write uh, simple web applications and then go from there. Cool.
0: Excellent advice. Thank you. Why do you think, well, let me actually, let me re- rephrase it this way. If somebody wanted to start blogging about Flask, what are some um, rocks... That maybe haven't been turned over, that you would like to see articles on,
1: okay <laughs> so uh, it's, it's very awesome that you're asking this question because so I, I gave a presentation this presentation I, I referred to before about sharing uh, so i I was trying to convince that the idea was to uh, motivate people to to share right to to write blog posts mm-hmm. so so what I did in that presentation. Now, which I hope I can give at some point, right? With, with this coronavirus situation, oh, who knows, right? I, I yep. gave it only once <laughs> in, in a very small conference uh, back in February. Um, I'm hoping I can, I can give it at some point again. If not, I'll probably record myself with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I, I put it on the screen the, the Hello World uh, example from Flask, right? And I, I started to mention things that you could blog about, just by looking at that code, you know, which is- Six lines you know, or whatever it is. Right, five five lines of code, <laughs> yeah. right? So, so that, that was the example. And so I'm going to mention one that is taken but because I'm, I'm writing a blog post on this one. <laughs> but, uh, but one that I cannot believe nobody wrote about yet. Uh, you know, when you create a Flask application instance, what, what's the first argument that you pass to the Flask class? I th- is it like debug? Uh, it's name. So, uh, uh, dunder name. Okay. Like everybody passes dunder name. Nobody knows why. Mm. So, so, that's a blog post. Okay. Hmm. So, so, that would be one. Uh, right. Uh, so, you know, the, the example uh, shows that you, you return a string. But uh, do you know how many things you can return out of the strings? Uh, I mean, you, you, you can return a template. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Do you know you can return a dictionary these days? Hmm. It's automatically converted to JSON. Uh do you know you could use a different template engine that's not Ginger2? Hmm. I um, didn't know that. Yeah. Right. There there are a number of things that you can do. Uh there's a response class that you can return as well. Uh so, so a number of things that if if you look at the documentation, all these things are hidden there, but but you know, you need someone to, to put them in writing all together and then you know it can be more illuminating and you, you will learn new things hmm. so yes absolutely definitely there's there's stuff that you can write about uh, and uh yeah I, I also mentioned in in this presentation that even if you if if your job title is uh stack overflow copy paster <laughs> you know more than you know more than, more than often you you have to Combine solutions that you find in two or three Stack Overflow answers, right? And, and, and you are Doing some thinking in how to so so that that's also something that you can write about hmm. So, so yes, there are topics, you know original topics to write about uh, Everywhere they're, they're hitting everywhere
0: so Awesome, yeah. that
1: that's really inspirational.
0: I have certainly caught myself doing some of that copy and paste uh, djing of uh, stack overflow so right.
1: yeah but but, but you you are actually not just copy pasting you you right. are really interpreting the uh, you know the answers and and then applying them to your own solution mm-hmm. so so you you can write something that basically can help the next person
0: yeah man that's that's awesome advice um if so you give out so much value for free on your blog why do you think people go above and beyond to become your patron and even buy your courses? I, the, the business model is
1: fascinating to me because you give everything. Yes. Uh, pr- pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so, so let's, let's start with this. Um, so w- when I started with, with, uh, with my blogging and, you know, all, all this Python work, uh, all, all the way through today i've been employed right so so this is uh this is something that i do on the side and you know it's it, it, it's not my main source of income right uh, so so that aside uh, i th- i find that a lot of people uh, decide to, uh, to to pay for the course which is actually uh, for, for those who don't know the the course is uh is available level frictions, right everything is there Uh, but if 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 you buy it you you get myself on video going through the tutorial so so that's the part that you do not see publicly so basically i did the tutorial and recorded myself you know talking through it and explaining everything so so that that's the the extra perk that you get if you if you buy it Mm -hmm. Uh, and some people are visual learners, so so you know that that's enough to to get them. Okay, I'll I'll buy it. Uh, it it's also cheap. I, I I don't really, as as I said, this is secondary income, so I I don't depend on this. So uh, yeah, so, I think you know, the course
0: I, is like thirty thirty bucks uh, or something. Thirty nine US. Thirty
1: nine dollars. Yeah. Thirty nine. Yes. Uh, yeah. So so right it it's it, it's really accessible mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people just buy it because they're you know as a way to say thanks right uh which which i i, I totally appreciate uh so so yeah uh and, and it it's it's working right i i i did it how how many uh, probably two two years ago i it's started it with no option to spend money on it uh so so for for the last couple of years two two, two or three probably three uh yeah uh I, people like to buy it and uh, and then see the you know the video version uh and uh you know i i don't know i mean i, I don't have an explanation but uh you know people like it and uh you know it's uh it's really helpful mm-hmm. uh, and uh it it's one of all those things that i really didn't think you know, specifically as, as a business, right? It 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 came up organically. Uh, you know, uh, once again we 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 come back to the the not a mastermind
0: theme, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, yeah.
1: Somehow it worked. Uh, the uh, what well, one of the things uh, going back to the sharing, and and uh, having my content advocate for me is that. Uh, Sort of uh, all, all this content that I have out there it, it became a magnet for opportunities that basically are the kind of things that interest me because I only write about things that interest me so so it's, you know all that content uh, out there about flask and web development and and now you know I, I always have ideas and uh, you know opportunities in in that area. Mm. Uh, my right, my my current job even i'm 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 a content editor for the twilio uh, python blog right uh, this is the first time in my life that i you know my job is not or, or the main task in my job is not to write code hmm. uh, so so now you know i'm i'm, I'm working with uh, contributors uh, i help them create you know the best possible blog posts and and then they go on our you know on on the twilio uh, python blog Hmm. So, so, you know, all, all these things, you know, I, you know, came to me because of all the, you know, all, all the the things that I released publicly for free and, you know, everybody knows them and, and then, you know, people offer me things. So, Hmm. so it's a really good business model.
0: Yeah. That's so just sitting kind of like backseat driver here, listening to this, you, you have just stayed completely congruent with what makes you go and mm-hmm. it's provided all these amazing things and i think that's the big lesson there is to just just be congruent with who you are and amazing things will happen that's that's basically what i'm
1: seeing that that's actually the, the way it worked for me so uh so yeah i, I many times when i say you i mean you, you should write about uh, you know, write blog posts about which find interesting people complain. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working all day and then you want me to, you know, when I get home tired, you want me to, to keep going. And, and I see, I, I, I think that's the wrong way to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you start putting out content about the things that you like, so, so maybe you don't like your, your, your day job, right? A lot of people don't like the day jobs. If you start putting out content, about the things that you do like, then eventually, you know, that content is going to work for you and bring opportunities that are more in sync with those, you know, with with the the things that you like, Mm. uh, which happens to me all the time.
0: Yeah, that's, man, that is powerful. I I am, I'm not actually taking notes, but when I listen to this again, I will be (laughs) taking notes. No, that's awesome. Thank you.
1: Um. There's a course in the making there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah, I look forward to it. Release it into the <laughs> wild, please. <laughs> um, what is something a newcomer to Flask can focus on that solves like 80% of the challenge at becoming
1: proficient? Uh, well, uh, so, so following a, a tutorial like mine, I, I think it's a good idea uh the, the free one i'm not selling anything here uh just go to my blog right uh but uh the uh the the basically the tutorial is not a it's not going to be a toy application that you finish and then you know you're, you're left there with nothing that that's really useful this, this is a real application mm-hmm. uh you know that, that that goes step by step slowly uh so, so the, it's 23 chapters I'd say the first 12 or so are the important ones for, you know, for, for a core understanding of uh, web development with Flask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know you, you start with, with something very easy, a single file, just a few lines of code, and you know that, that grows you know chapter by chapter, and you start seeing the, the, the different sides of a web development project, a, a, a real- life one. Um, so things that uh, particularly in the us uh i i, I when, when i lived in the us it, it i didn't find a lot of people paid attention to but here in europe uh, it's very important translations making your application you know uh you know available in multiple languages mm-hmm. uh you know th- those things are in this tutorial they're not in you know almost any other one yeah you do Spanish in that one i if I recall right right yeah yeah because I was born in Argentina, so my mm-hmm. um, my native language is spanish so so yes, the tutorial at some point one of the chapters is about uh replacing all the English texts or actually not not replacing but adding a uh a, a, a Spanish track that you can switch between English and spanish mm-hmm. uh, so, so I teach how how you can do that on a on a website with flask. Um, yeah so so you know uh, a number of things or uh, searching searching for text that's another thing that that initially you 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 don't usually see on tutorials because it, i mean it's it's kind of hard uh, so so this is more towards the end of the tutorial but it's there uh, so so you know that's probably the best uh the best that i can recommend i i designed it you know with, with that purpose i i wanted it to be real life and, you know, it was modeled after me writing my blog, which, you know, it's been deployed for, uh, for what, eight years now. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, keep, you know, working on it. It it, just, it, it was born in, in Python 2. At some point I ported it to Python 3 and I, I keep upgrading the, uh, the Flask releases, uh, and adding little things here and there that some people notice, but, you know, usually people don't, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, you know that's that's the way. Uh, next to that, I would say you should have your own uh, your own side project to apply, you know, the the, the techniques that you learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had with my, you know, when I did the blog, right? So so you should have a, a project of your own that that you know, you know, what you want to get off uh, to get out of, uh, you know, and and then uh, I, I I find on on the having a a personal project—that's usually, in, in my case, at least—that's the motivation, to, you know, to finish the, you know, the, the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to get it, uh, something out of it, so 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 that's the motivation uh, versus just doing the tutorial and not having anything to apply it on. Where, you know, I mean, you 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 can learn something, but you know, it's it's harder that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense what uh what areas would you say are overly difficult that a newcomer should probably try and avoid when first picking up flask
1: um, well i i i I will say you you should try to concentrate on on writing an application as as i mentioned before that that it's uh it's mostly handled server side uh, I would not worry in the beginning uh, about uh, JavaScript for example um and that doesn't mean that it is it's not important it's definitely important but uh but it, it can be a distraction and also because it's hard it can be a uh it, it can take some some of that you know momentum uh from, from you right if 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 you get disappointed that you know you're, you're doing something that's too hard when you're starting mm. so uh so, so my recommendation is to to really get very comfortable writing applications that render templates and, and then have all the behavior using web forms, uh, and and then you you learn how to process process the, those uh, web forms in the server, and and then you know, when you do that and you have an understanding, you you're gonna start uh, feeling the, the need of going a little bit beyond that, and maybe uh, doing a little bit of asynchronous requests because you, you you're not gonna like that, you know, your page updates every time. So <clears throat> that's going to be the you know probably at, at that point you're ready to start looking at single page apps, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. Uh, when, when you start seeing the need for that, then I you know I, I think at that point you're probably ready. Uh, but learning it just because others are doing it, I think you know it's uh, it, it's going to be disappointing because it, it's hard, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so server-side, that will be my advice. Learn server-side. You're going to use that no matter what. Uh, it will give you a great understanding of the HTTP protocol, which it, it drives everything. Um, so, yeah.
0: Perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What are uh, some amazing features of Flask or its add-ins that are heavily underutilized that are, yeah, I'm sure you have some sort of opinion on this.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the um, something that I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure it's uh, it's now remembered. In, in in the early days of Flask, uh, everybody commented on Flask being minimalistic, a, a micro framework, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, so so Flask is very uh, very popular now. Depending on the on some surveys, even you know you know a larger user base than uh, than django mm-hmm. so so i i think now people don't mention that as you know, as, as often and i i, th- I think one of the uh, the best features of flask is that it doesn't do much i mean still to this day it doesn't do much right so so when you want to do something chances are flask doesn't have that you have to go look in the community and find you know the the best package or library that does what you want, and and Flask is designed in such a way that it will take it. It'll say, okay, fine, use whatever you want, right? And that that is in in my view the uh, the greatest advantage that Flask has over Django or or other frameworks. You want to use a database, pick the one you like. You can use any any of them. They all work with Flask because Flask is the the web application. It it deals with the the HTTP transport, right? It, it helps you, uh, it creates an abstraction of, over the, the HTTP side of your project. But, you know, for database use, whatever you want. Uh, some people created uh, very good extensions to Flask that make using certain libraries more, uh, more easy, easier than, than using them alone. So, for example, you can use SQL Alchemy for your database. Uh but if you you, you you may want to use the the Flask SQL Alchemy extension which integrates the database uh you know SQL Alchemy, the the ORM with Flask a little better. You can use the same configuration uh place to, to put your database settings that you use for Flask and a, a number of little things. Uh but but the, the, the big thing about Flask is that you know it's so small that you can integrate it with pretty much anything.
0: Yeah, that's that is powerful, and definitely the dynamic between uh, these different frameworks. It's it's the opposite of, well, I don't want to say opposite of batteries included, but it's not. If if something were to be opinionated, it is the opposite of opinionated, which right. is the it, beauty. It,
1: correct. It's completely unopinionated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it just basically gives you a a, a framework to. Uh, to accept requests and respond to them. And then outside of that, you basically, you have Python. You can use any, anything available in the Python ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And, and that's super powerful. Uh, some people see it as a as a downside. I see it as, as a huge benefit. That, that's my opinion, at least. Yeah. I, one of my experiences
0: with that was uh, when I was teaching myself about machine learning and I wanted to make a way to deploy it, flask it's it's so pluggable with like you know you just have your little uh model and you post some data to the endpoint and then it returns some data like what more do you want you know that's like that right there is why i think maybe the popularity has gone up because people can deploy their machine learning models and uh really in a really lightweight fashion
1: Right, uh, a, a, a sort of a funny story. Uh, a, a lot of people over the years asked me to write tutorials about machine learning with Flask. Yeah. And I, I always thought, I mean, what can I write about? I'm, I'm I'm not an expert in machine learning. And really, you know, they're, they're completely different technologies that, you know, because Flask doesn't care, they, they integrate nicely. But, you know, I mean, you. you really from the flask side you're just returning some data or accepting data and then returning data mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a lot to say about it I, and if, if, if i was more inclined to you know I, I, this is something this is an area where i, I should definitely improve uh if, if i were to participate in a uh, in a machine learning project at some point uh then maybe i will have something more to say but you know at, at this point, I. You know, people ask me to to do it, and I I see it such as you know so easy that you know you know you will run your models like you always do, and then you get some data, and then you return that data. There, there's no you know nothing to to talk about you know to to combine the two, and, and maybe you disagree. No, I you have some uh, some more insight, but uh, you know from my view and mm-hmm. and being you know being familiar with the web development side not so much with the machine learning side i i haven't found an angle that i think will be interesting to talk about you know combining the, these two technologies together
0: yeah just like you were saying it's it's almost like confusing to answer that request because pretty much like just as easy as you can log something out to the console you could crank right. uh crank out return, some numbers from your model like <laughs> stick it in a dictionary and return it right yeah and that's it. yeah right. that's that's beautiful man <laughs> what what more could you want uh that's yeah that's awesome um how are uh let's see here so how computer science topics or well how so from a computer science standpoint how many topics does somebody need to have under their belt to be uh like Proficient with flask or is it not really required? I'm trying to get some color. I know the question was phrased funny I'm trying to get some color on Like there's this whole computer science world out there and then there's like, you know, self-taught programmer land Right. There's probably some somewhere in the middle like we need to get some Algorithms under our belt or something. But what's the compromise or
1: yeah, you know, so so uh, so basically I uh, I belong to both groups yeah, because I I was uh, self-taught for for many years in in my teenage years, but but then I went to college. I, I went to computer science uh, class, and you know, and, and you know, now I can see both sides. Okay, uh, so I I don't think you need a uh, an algorithm, you know, all, all those things that that you learn in college. You you, you don't really. Uh, I, I I would lie. If I said that I never used them, I, I did sometimes. So, so they they're useful if you have them. Uh, but you know, I mean, if 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 you're going to be writing web applications, uh, yeah, I I, I I think anybody can learn. That that's my opinion. Uh, at some point, you you may want to to uh, to learn all those things. But I I believe you you're going to see the need yourself. You know, when, when, you, when you see, you know, that you're limited in, in those areas. Mm-hmm. And, and then at that point, you're ready to learn them. I mean, you don't have to go to college to, to learn all those things. They're available anywhere now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- things like uh, relational databases, for example. I, I learned relational databases in college, uh, you know, ages ago, right? I'm old. Uh, and th- nothing changed, surprisingly it it yeah, it amazes me that relational theory remains the same you know for for, for so many years it, it's the same right? mm. so so that that was useful yeah. um, I, I learned compilers not so much i mean it it's it, it's interesting right if you, if you want if you want to write a compiler you know definitely there are a lot of things that you need to know uh, I, I don't write compilers most days <laughs> so you know interesting, but not, not really useful. Uh, you know, uh, so, so yeah, I, I think, uh, th- there are some things that you you may find that you need, you know, from, from formal computer science education. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the question was about Flask. So I, I don't think you need a lot of that to be successful writing web applications with Flask.
0: Hmm. Cool. And it kind of follows suit with the JavaScript
1: talk that you just had
0: where it's like, once you realize that the the page reloading is becoming an issue for your project, then you go learn about these asynchronous things. And that's, that's kind of the pattern I'm seeing in, even with the computer science topics from what it sounds like. It's just
1: nerd out when you need to. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That that's, that's the, the way I do it with, with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yep. Yeah. Cool.
0: So, uh, Shifting gears a little bit, what excites you most about the advent of
1: MicroPython? python uh, I, I don't know, but being able to run, you know, I, I know, you know, this is, you know, this is audio only, but I'm, I'm holding on my hand a tiny microcontroller that uh, basically I can put Python on it. And then I can connect to it. I, I, I connect it via USB cable to my computer and I can program it right there inside the the device that's uh that's actually uh very exciting uh and uh in in terms of uh coming up with uh ideas for side projects uh you know there's there's a ton of things that you can do uh you know little gadgets for your home uh that that that's amazing it's it's super fun also uh, yeah so uh so in in the so, so when i moved to ireland uh this, this is my second house the the first house that i rented uh had one of these uh state-of-the-art uh, heating controllers that you can you can program from your phone or from from a website hmm. uh and uh so, so uh the thermostats on those uh on, on this thing didn't work that well for me uh, I, you know the the temperature readings that it gave were inaccurate, so so I decided to uh, basically implement my own thermostat function in a uh, in a microcontroller with MicroPython, and I hooked it up with a uh, little uh, uh, temperature sensor, right? And then every five minutes it, it will get a temperature, the ambient temperature, and if, if it fell below something then I will I would send the request to the to this uh you know this uh, internet enabled controller to start the heating. Hmm. And ba- basically I turned off the, the the programming of the you know the, the controller and then I controlled the heating with my I, I put one in the upper floor and in the upper floor and one in the uh in downstairs. And that's how I controlled my heating <laughs> uh, which was uh, much more efficient and uh you know and, and better overall. Yeah, that, that's how I learned MicroPython. That that was the the project that motivated me to go all the way and learn MicroPython. Uh, huh? Wow.
0: And it's practical too. I mean,
1: and it sounds like there's a
0: unlimited. I mean, you just start digging into this, and there's all kinds of little things you can build around. Uh, it, your it, it's house. endless. Uh, yeah. So, so
1: so one thing that <laughs> uh, for for people who are not familiar with MicroPython, the the downside if 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 you know Python. Uh, The libraries are largely different. Uh, Some libraries are different in small ways. Um, Some are very different. Uh, So so you you cannot run Flask, for example. It will will not run. Uh, It doesn't run on MicroPython. Mm -hmm. Uh, You cannot run uh, requests. Uh, uh, Someone wrote, uh, well, actually, I I think it's it's an official part of the the Python library, the MicroPython library. Uh, There's a requests clone that's that's smaller and simpler, but you know works more or less like the uh, you know the original requests. Mm-hmm. So so uh, a lot of things uh, require a little bit of uh, you know adapting to to get them to work under MicroPython. And of course, it, it's a very uh, very small environment, right? You you cannot create large dictionaries of data. You know uh, memory is. It's always a, a scarce resource. Mm. So it's all only for, for small things. Um, but you know if 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 you get past that, it's it's super fun. It's it's really fun. And uh, you, you can play with lights, um, you know, um motors, little robots that uh that follow lines, you know, all those things you can do in, in uh in MicroPython. Uh and, and the language itself is very similar to Python three six or three five. You know the, that 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 type of language, mm-hmm. so the language itself is, is highly compatible. Okay, uh, but the, the libraries are different. Um, uh, so so yes, uh, absolutely recommended. It. It's it's uh, super fun to do.
0: Cool. So I'm I'm just curious uh, from your the the way you kind of see things, is MicroPython kind of like the gateway drug to bigger things, or could you actually use that in like industrial applications and stuff?
1: uh d- definitely you 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 could yes okay yeah so um micropython is is basically uh, a, a c application that runs on the microcontroller right so so uh you you could you could write your uh you know the code that runs in the microcontroller directly in c if if you wanted or or c plus plus uh but but you know micro python itself is is a c application that takes the code so uh, you know, it's, it's exactly the same. You can uh, you you have the same level of access. Uh, you you can run extensions for for MicroPython if if you need to do certain things that are not available, which will be rare because there isn't much to begin with. Mm. Uh, so uh, so so yes, uh, I, I I will do uh, as much as I can in uh, in MicroPython. Uh, I I think the only limitation will be some uh, microcontrollers are too small for MicroPython. So for example, one that, that's very popular, the Arduino. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Arduino is, is an older platform, uh, a microcontroller platform that that doesn't have enough uh, RAM to, to hold the MicroPython interpreter. Um, so so you know, that, that, that will be the limitation. But uh, microcontrollers are, uh, that are available today uh, are super cheap. And more than capable of running uh, of running uh micropython the 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 one that i used for for my heating project it's the e s p eighty two sixty six and you, you can you can get one for like three dollars oh wow yeah uh, you know i mean everybody should get one to to play with it right mm-hmm. at, at that price
0: yeah uh, wow that's cool um where do you find that newcomers to microPython get tripped up the most.
1: Uh, well, if, if if you're a new, newcomer to microPython but not to Python, then uh, the disappointment that there are a lot of things that you cannot run uh, on microPython. Flask is too. So, so th- this is this is the, the irony. Flask is too big for microPython. Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, Flask too big. Uh, uh, there, there are I, actually I, I wrote a uh a mini clone of flask that i call micro dot uh, okay that basically copies the 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 few signature things of flask the the app dot route uh you know and uh, the, the request object and you know the, the, a few things and that that runs on micro python okay. as well as normal pythons uh too right it it runs on both uh so so, so there's always you you can find uh you know in the community uh Equivalent things for pretty much everything, uh, but but yeah, that that that's a big letdown. Uh, I expected I would be able to, you know, to run Flask. You know, when I, when I, you know, when MicroPython was just an idea that something I wanted to learn, I assumed that I was going to run Flask, and you know, it, it would be a uh, you know straightforward path, and you know. It, it, it you know Flash does not run, and uh, at the time there wasn't any web frameworks, so so that that's why I wrote this this little clone Microdot. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Wow! So you know, uh, other than that, uh, you know it it has a uh, it has a shell, so so you you can open a shell that runs inside the microcontroller, mm-hmm. and you uh, you uh, you work on it. From your computer, uh, which is connected via USB cable to the to the device, so so on your computer you're running a dumb terminal that basically shows the output of the, the shell that runs in the in the device, and then when when you when you type, you know th- those keys are sent to the device as well. Hmm. So uh, you know it's, it's pretty amazing. Really, you, you you can do a lot of things uh, that that you do on normal Python. Uh, hmm. So, so saving the, the difference in the libraries, I, I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 a great thing and a, a, a huge source of, uh, you know, home home projects that, that you can do to, to improve your home. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this because I went through, I did petroleum and natural
0: gas engineering for my undergrad and I took, I had to take like a circuits one and two class just to get the general engineering credential. And that was the hardest damn class I ever took. I I thought I wasn't going to get my degree. It was such a scary class for me. And it struck the fear into me. Like when I saw MicroPython, I'm like, oh my gosh. My immediate reaction was like, there's no way I can, get, like that class was so hard. So I'm just, I'm trying to get an idea of like, how much of like a circuits person do you need to be? to actually have fun with it, because I'm scared to death of circuits after after my degree program.
1: Right, yes. Uh, so it, it depends on the projects that you want to implement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm also not, I don't have any background in, you know, electronics or circuits, you know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like you, right? Probably less than you because I never took a class on it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but the, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the, the platforms are all, uh, based on components. So, so for, for many things, you don't really need to have all that knowledge. You know, you're not going to start, uh, you know, adding, uh, resistors and condensers or, uh, you know, you know, all all the things you, you will learn in due time. If, if you find that, you know, your project needs them. Right. But, uh, so you know, to take the, uh, the this this device that I normally use, you know, to, to get power, you you plug a USB cable. That that's all you need to do. Uh, so so the, the power, which is usually you know problematic, you, you need to provide stable power. You know, all of that in, in, in this device is, is addressed, right? So you don't have to worry about that. You just plug a USB cable and you're done. Mm. Uh, it comes with a light. So if, if you want to uh, you know to play with with an LED light you know it comes with one on board that that you can play with uh you don't have to solder anything you no, no need to solder anything uh you, you can build uh your circuits on little platforms with holes that are called breadboards mm-hmm. so so you, you can basically assemble everything like a lego type project uh you use the little cables that you can buy uh, that have uh, pins on the on both ends to you know, to to make connections, so you know it, it's uh, it's heavily componentized, and uh, you know eventually. So I'm, I'm actually I'm, that that's the place where I am. I'm at. I would like to know a little bit more about uh, you know circuits. You know, I, I I feel that that's limiting me in the kind of things that I can do. Mm. Uh, so so eventually I I will have to do some learning there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you can do a ton of. Things uh, even even with sensors. The sensors come also as as components that you you plug into your breadboard and then connect cables, usually two or three cables, you know, to different uh, ports in the in the microcontroller. Uh, off you go. That's it. Hmm. So there's it's like a you can ha- it's it's kind of like the
0: the JavaScript uh, conversation <laughs> we just had. I guess it's like yes. there's no there's no reason not to pick one of these things up. Yes, there's going to be things that you don't understand, but it shouldn't be something that holds you back from tinkering around with it. Right.
1: Yeah. The the, the problem I see uh in, in, in this time where there's there's so much knowledge is that it's very easy to to get confused about what path to follow. Mm-hmm. So so yes, you, you have to focus on a simple project you know, that, that you want to accomplish. And then you know when you're done, then you do it again. Find find another one that's a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to start visiting all those areas that, you know, if, if you had to look at them at the beginning would be, you know, uh, you, you will be overwhelmed. Uh, but, you know, little by little, you, you, you will get to them. And, hmm. uh, you know, in, in MicroPython specifically that there's a ton of things that you can do uh, without knowing anything about circuits.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, my last question on this is, uh, is there any like favorite resources, learning resources you have for, MicroPython or these like is there project books or is it just you reading through the documentation or what could you kind of give somebody to walk away with if they wanted to go sink their teeth into uh,
1: yeah, MicroPython? Uh, so, uh, so I have some blog, blog articles yes. about it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so I have a series, I, I believe it's uh, six six articles. Uh, so, so in, in the same fashion as as the the, the Flask tutorial, mm-hmm. progressing in in complexity. Uh, so, so, so that, that, that's an option. Uh, but if, if you know Python, uh, basically you have half the battle right there. Okay. Uh, uh so, so definitely, uh, you, you will be uh, playing with the led of your microcontroller in no time because you, you basically it's Python code. You you don't need anything else. Right. Okay. So, so you, you, you get, you, you, spend your $3, get a ESP 8266, and you know uh, usb cable and then that that's all you need and you, you can start playing with lights like, like may, maybe a morse code uh, you know uh, a morse code uh conversion from, from text You mean you can do something like that very easily uh because I, I, at the end of the day it, it is python code and it's the same python language hmm. um, so cool you know, yeah that's... very low barrier of entry mm-hmm.
0: yep that's so- that sounds great thanks for sharing that so, regarding content creation, all things content, I guess I'm shifting gears again on you mm-hmm. what is What is your message to someone that suffers from imposter syndrome when
1: writing techie blogs? Uh, yeah that, that that's difficult. Um, so I know it it, it it may sound patronizing, unfortunately. I I think you should do it anyway, uh, right? Uh, so so. Think about this, right? You you're, you're about to write a, a blog post. Convince yourself that nobody will see it, right? <laughs> and do it, right? Yeah. I mean, the internet is a big place, right? What what are the chances that someone will see what you write? Just write it. Don't tell anyone, right? But but put it out, right? Yeah. Uh, so so. That the important thing is that you put it out and then that you do it again and you keep doing it. Um, mm. Now, the other thing that that's, that's important is that uh, don't, don't try to look uh, like, you know, everything when, when, when you, you know, you, the, the voice that you use when you share content. Uh, I mean, you, 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 I mean, everybody shares content, right? You, you don't have to be, uh, you know, an expert right and and it is okay for the article to you know to to show that you're not an expert uh i mean many times people correct me on my blog posts uh and it's totally fine right i mean i i learned a lot from from you know th- those criticisms uh so so definitely you know basically who cares right no, nobody cares right uh the important things that you share you you put it out there uh don't advertise it if you, you know, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, and and keep doing it. Um, I mean, there, there's only one. I mean, only ways to go up, right? As I say. So so yeah. The, the first one it's going to be you know rough. I'm sure. The, the second one it's not going to be as bad. It's going to be a little better, and keep doing it. And you know, eventually it's, it's going to feel natural, and. Uh, these days, I'm, I'm I'm walking my dog, and out of nowhere, I, I get an idea for a blog post, for example. You know, it, it's it's like it, it becomes second nature, mm. um, and then um, the the writing would improve as well. I mean, I I, I, I so so I had imposter syndrome because I, I I was writing in English, which is not my native language, right? So so I I could claim. Also that, and, and at some point, I I did have a little bit of concern over that, but you know, I mean, you have to kind of just jump in the pool and and do it anyway, and uh, and and by the way, also a lot of people put comments on my blog highlighting you know mistakes that I make, you know, on on my writing, no, not not the technical side, but also you know the the, the grammar. Mm -hmm. side and you know i i take it as constructive feedback i go and fix it Mm -hmm. and you know that's it i'm I'm constantly revising the posts and and you will too right so Mm -hmm.
0: cool yeah that's empowering thanks for sharing that when you prepare content for your blog and you might have already answered this question but i gotta i gotta hit it head on here when you prepare content for your blog how does
1: your ideation process work uh well, it, it depends. Uh, sometimes as I say, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that, you know, or my mind is flying and suddenly I came up with an idea, right? So, so I, I sit down and I, I get a blog post done, you know, like in an hour, which, which is amazing. Uh, other times I, I, I go to it, you know, I, I, I do some, some design on it and, uh, for example, uh, many times the the posts that I write are heavily code based. So I write the uh, the application, you know, whatever I'm featuring in the post, I write the code first. Uh, actually, that happens like uh, a couple of days ago. I uh, I'm preparing th- this is for for the Twilio blog, but it works in the same way. I am I'm about to write about the uh, uh, the uh, video conference API that Twilio has. So I wrote a little application in Flask, of course. Oh yeah, I saw uh, that on Twitter actually. Right, Flask it was and like a JavaScript. Zoom. Right, it's it's it like a Zoom clone. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's web based. Uh, you basically, yeah, you 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 have a, uh, a a website where anybody who goes there can log in and join the call, up to fifty people, which is the limit on, hmm. on the Twilio product. Right. So so I I wrote the the application and and now. Now I'm I'm designing how I'm going to cover. So, so basically, now I need to deconstruct the application uh, into the, the the most basic pieces, and then I come up with a sequence where uh, you know I, I I can explain it in a way that you know that makes sense. And this application has some JavaScript, which is uh, what I think will make writing this blog post challenging. Uh, hmm. So so I'm I'm constantly thinking about it and. You know how how to uh, basically separate the, the Python side versus the JavaScript side. Uh, you know to to better explain the uh, you know the, the concept because the, the idea is. I mean, my, my goal with this is, well, oh, I'm, I'm I'm basically in my capacity of as a you know as, as a Twilio employee, so my goal is to sell, you know, Twilio registrations. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, my goal with the post is to. Uh, basically to to teach people how they can write their own applications not just to install mine and use it right, right. so uh so there are a lot of things that I, I i want to make sure i cover you know in a more a general way not not just the specific solution that i built yeah um, so, I so, think- so yeah it, i mean it, it takes time and uh you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm Big decision, for example, should I start from the Python side or the JavaScript side? Mm. you know all, all those things uh, you know I, and I, uh, usually i I change my mind as i go uh, so so th- this week uh, part of my day is going to be dedicated to writing that blog post so 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 we 'll see how it goes but but uh, you know it's it's going to be a, a design, and then of course i 'm going to have some people read it and give me feedback, uh, which is also very important mm. Right. And and before you release it into the wild. Correct.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so actually, and you may, you may have just completely addressed this, but the next question in my, in my thread here was, what is a strategy you could offer someone to chunk their content into a series like you do with many of your posts? And it seems like you do a lot of reverse engineering and toying around with it. Is
1: that, uh, well, so, um, this is actually something that comes up a lot, uh, now at, at Twilio, uh, when, when I'm working with, uh, contributors. So, so the, the Twilio blog features blog posts by employees and also by external contributors. And mm-hmm. I, I, basically all, all the, the Python content that comes from outside the company comes through to me. I'm, I'm helping, um, you know, those articles come to fruition. And, uh, the topic that always comes with uh, with our contributors is that they they want to, to put a lot of content in the blog post, and I I always talk them out of it. The, the you know a blog post should be about one thing, and you know mm. it, it should do one thing. So so if, if you really have too many you know more than one thing to say, that, that that's an indication that you have to do a series. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so, so basically, what uh, the the trick that I play uh, with, with my contributors is, uh, I, I tell them to to give me the title of the post. I, I want to know the title first before anything is written. So, so come up with the title. And if it can't, that that's an indication that they're they're looking at it the wrong way. They need to simplify it. Mm-hmm. Right? If 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 the if the title becomes too long and it mentions too many buzzwords. You know that, that that's really not not what you want yeah hmm.
0: yeah, I see that that is that is definitely like a ninja thing it's like you write this title now, if you write anything outside of the scope of that title like you're you're off on a rabbit trail that doesn't belong in that post right and, and also
1: i mean if, if if you if if you put your mastermind hat for a moment and you think in terms of uh SEO, search right. engine optimization. I mean, would you want to do that? Uh, probably not, right? You you want to dedicate uh, another blog post to this other topic, mm. and and then help people find it, right? Because if, if you, you stick it into uh, into a blog post that doesn't really clearly indicate that it is about that topic, nobody will find it. Hmm. Um, so, you know, um, so 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 basically, that's why. The, uh, the the bigger tutorial ends up being so long, right? Because I I would write about one topic every time. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I didn't want to, you know, give you a lot of uh, content, you know, in 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 one article. Mm-hmm. Uh, pe- people would not want to read something that's very long anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and just like you said about the SEO, that probably really helped with uh, the popularity of that because every every post is very focused on an aspect of this app and you probably, people probably run across things like flask and Docker. They'd probably find like part 36 or whatever that thing is. You know, I've, I've personally experienced that. So yeah, that, what you're saying makes a ton of sense. I had a light bulb moment there. It's not like a novel idea, but it's like sometimes we just need to be reminded of these things because you just get all up in your head about things and, Forget. Yeah.
1: So so you know, I I operated under these principles for a long time without really consciously knowing that that I got this you know yeah. so well figured out. Uh, but you know, all all this uh, you know, for, for example, working with other people, writing blog posts, you know, yeah. the, the work that I'm doing here at Twilio, uh, that that sort of helps me, you know, sort sort of formalize you know, all, all those tricks that somehow I know, you know, and, and now I'm, you know, I'm able to, uh, basically express them, you know, and, 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 you know, share them with others. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, which is kind of amazing, right?
0: Yeah. That's your insight. Your insight is extremely valuable there. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Let's see here, for someone starting out creating content for their blog, what are some expectations they should
1: set for themselves? Like if you're just starting out. Uh, Well, I I would say you should write about the things that you like. Uh, as, as, As we mentioned a few times before, all that body of work that you are about to create is going to speak for you and it's going to help you achieve things. So, mm. so better write about the things that you like, right? Not, not about things that you don't like. So start with that. And uh, if you created a personal project, right? Successful, that works for you. It solved the problem. I, I don't see any way to go wrong with that. Mm. If, you, if you discuss that experience, something that worked for you, it's bound to work for other people as well. That that's a super safe thing to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, so come up with a project, or or you you probably have projects. You you've done projects. Sure, yeah. Start yeah. talking about them, right? That that's you know that that's the best way. If eventually, you uh, you know you 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 will become more uh, you know more accustomed to writing, and maybe you you can you can start saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write about this. I'm gonna learn this so that i can write about this and, and that's going to work but in the beginning the you know hiding behind something that worked for you a, a project that you know that that you know that it's been successful because mm-hmm. you are directly related to it that that is uh you know I, I i think it's a very good way also to help with the imposter syndrome since we were talking about that right because yeah you know yeah it's something that, that works, right? It works for you, so.
0: Yeah, your your GitHub is your goldmine. Go dig through that thing and start writing exactly. some blog posts on it.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, eventually the things are going to reverse, right? Eventually, when you write about something, you're going to put some code on GitHub, right? It's going to mm-hmm. reverse, right? And and that's what happens with me now uh, a lot, right? Uh, I, I come up with a topic to write about and end up writing a project around it hmm. so that I can write the the... The, uh, the blog post. Uh, but in the beginning, it, it, it was always, you know, talking about the things that I, you know, that, that, that were projects, you know, that, that I developed myself.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So uh, just coming at this from another angle, what do you recommend as some best practices for creating engaging tutorials? Cause you uh, have a massive engagement on your,
1: yeah i i do um that's probably one of the things that i i haven't formalized yet okay i i'm I'm not sure but i think but i think that something that works really well is explaining things like i'm five you know as they say oh that's awesome Uh, so explain everything right Mm. nobody will complain well so, so, somebody will <laughs> yeah somebody will complain, but uh, explain things for the people who are basically behind you in the, in the road you know of learning yeah you know so um, you know if, if you're going to show a basic flask application, you know if, if you look at my chapter one, I explain every line, every single line, right I, I don't say, okay, here's the code. just copy this and then run it right that that's not enough right you 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 should explain it uh a side benefit of that is that you just by the mere fact of having to explain everything you're going to learn a lot yourself mm-hmm. uh, which is great right you you're going to learn a lot of things that you didn't know because you know when you're trying to put things in words you know you're going to have to find a lot of uh, background uh so for, for example i i i never really cared much about http but when when I started writing about Flask and, and the mega tutorial, I kind of had, had to, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about an application that runs on top of HTTP. So, uh, you know, I had to. Hmm. And eventually that led to other other ideas for other series. I wrote one about uh, REST APIs, for example, that's also very, very popular. Uh, you know, so so it, it, it's always a win-win. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah uh you know that, that that's really the key try hmm. to explain everything uh and if, if you're worried that you you have an idea for a topic that might be too short right something too simple that that, that i see that a lot in uh you know when when people that, that, uh, that are planning to contribute to the the twilio blog they say but yeah but this is too simple i should add more content Oh, just explain everything so so to so make it longer you know keep that simple thing but you know explain the hell out of it and, yeah and uh you know that that's that's always going to be welcomed by most people hmm.
0: yeah that's that's awesome explain it like you're 5 years old that's right. that is awesome they I'm, I'm not trying to get all uh, political here but I, it is something that i heard down the grapevine that they said that's why trump won the election because he everything he did was like, as like a, he's speaking at like a fourth grade level, which well, the first time, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's like a pot shot to him. But then I started thinking, about it, I was like, yeah, that, you know, explaining things at a fourth grade level, level is, uh, you know, engaging for people. So anyway, I, I don't know what you think about that whole thing, but
1: it's something I heard. And it's, it's, it's an interesting take. I, yeah. I've never heard it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, he does he seem to have some uh, some appeal with a lot of people, right? Yeah, uh, like it or not, right?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. But maybe that is part of the secret. Is like you were you were saying, you think you don't know, but you think. But uh, I I saw some reviews on Amazon, I think, of your book, the O'Reilly mm-hmm. book, and that's what people were saying. They're like, I love that he explains like every line of code so yeah just what you're talking i i think you're onto something there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, th- I think that that helps and uh you know i mean there there are diff- pe- people learn in different ways and people who are learning they have different goals right so so some people want to learn you know and 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 appreciate you know being explained every single little thing like they're five yeah right other people you know, maybe they, they just want to get something running and then you know forget about it, right? We, we, which is fine, I guess. Uh but I, I think the majority of the people that at, at least in the in the Python community, you know, they, they really want to uh to learn so that then they can uh apply what they learn to their own projects. Mm-hmm. Uh so so that that type of blog post works really well.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, shifting gears a little bit still on content creation but I know you do tech talks and so Mm -hmm. I was wondering what is the like framework or anatomy of a successful technical talk
1: Uh, yeah that's that's another uh, another thing that I'm 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 still I, I consider myself you know still on my road to enlightenment in terms of uh you know, technical talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, when when I started speaking, I, I used to apply all, all these same things we are discussing about blog posts. Yeah. Uh, on, on my talks, so my talks were uh, were very long. I was always fighting I was always fighting against the the time limit. Uh, so so uh, I, I gave uh, one of my first. I think it was my first, PyCon tutorials. So, so these are three hour long, and they are being uh, almost four hours. Oh, wow. Maybe because I, I, I ran out of time and people wanted to stay. So, so we stayed and we, you know, it ended up being like four hours. Hmm. So, so in the beginning, that, that, that was the way I would, I, you know, I, I, I would uh, tackle the, uh, the, the challenge of creating a presentation. Uh, over time, that, that shifted more towards giving people a high level, uh, a high level overview Still having code in the background that that people could go to, like a GitHub repository, mm-hmm. where they they can go and get something running. But but you know, in in the spirit of making the the talk a little bit more, uh, you know, not not everybody wants to, to have a, a very heavy technical discussion on a technical talk. it's mm-hmm. supposed to be technical. They just want to have you know an overview. So I started sort of. Summarizing, you know, the 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 technical side, but then giving people who are interested, you know, a, a GitHub repo to you know to investigate on their own. Uh, so that that's basically the way I do it. Uh, okay. uh, a couple of times, I I attempted to do live coding in talks. I, I've seen uh, they basically do this in a in a f- awesome way. I'm, I'm very jealous of him and and how natural it seems for him. Mm. Uh, it, it, it went okay for me, but not not so great. I I, I still need to improve my online, uh, you know, my live coding uh, game a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I, I I would definitely like, you know, when when the world resumes after all this uh, virus situation, uh, definitely planning to do more and more of that. Cool. Uh, live coding is good because it basically uh you you, you can really you basically you can achieve explaining every single line of code you know uh on on a small project that you de- develop in a like in a forty minute uh period of time mm. so I, I like that format but I, I I need to learn how to do it well uh, and, and and then uh lately i, I I'm also very interested I'm, I'm sure you can guess uh talking about sharing. And so, so, so those are more yeah. community-related talks, not not really very technical. Even though I always sprinkle a little bit of technical content. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, on, on all of them, it's, it's always talking about experiences that I know well. Um, you know, w- which really helps my my confidence, right? Because nobody wants to be in front of a full, you know, a room full of people, and you know. You know, be a fool, right? So, so I better know what I'm talking about. So I, I only talk about things that I, you know, I I I can really back that I that I've, you know, personal projects of mine, or or things that I've done at work, mm. you know, things that I know that work well.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. And I I know we're running up on our on our time here. Do you have a, do you have a few more minutes or is this, is it a hard stop for the? Uh, no,
1: no, no. Okay. It's, it's fine.
0: Cool. Cause I wanted to shift gears into project management. You had a really cool blog post on your, uh, on your site that, that addressed project management and for especially the, the newbies out there or people that maybe haven't had that experience monetizing their skills there. I mean, hopefully we can learn, learn something from maybe the learnings or pains that you've had with project management. <laughs> so uh, for someone new to project management, what are some words of advice you could give them on how to estimate their time for each task? I know you had kind of like a little
1: task. Yeah, uh, yeah so so uh, I, I, uh, I'm gonna be honest, I, I I will have to reread that post. It, it, it's it been a, a, uh, probably one of the first blog posts okay, yeah. written. Uh, but uh it's it's very difficult uh the 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 uh the, the task of estimating your time is very very difficult mm-hmm. uh the the technique that i uh, that i use is i write uh, i write everything on paper well actually on paper i write it on the computer right on 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 notepad or something Yeah, right? but uh i th- uh the, the 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 important thing is that if if you cannot directly estimate the you know how 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 long a task will take then you have to break that task into smaller parts mm. okay so 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 you do that exercise so, so you have a task you 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 really have no clue how long it will take break it into three four parts so separate those and then try again. So to try to estimate, you know, the, the parts, and eventually you're gonna reach a point where tasks are, you know, so uh, so contained that you'll say, okay, probably for this I need a day, you know, and 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 you you will become better at this, you know, over time. But uh, but yeah, you 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 will be able to uh, to, to make a guess, right? What when the amount of work is really small, right? So, so the key is to to break the tasks. Uh, uh, when uh, when when I worked uh, at at this company where where we had the C plus plus library that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, so so of course this, this was a big company. So so all, we always had to estimate, you know, and uh, estimates always went over, you know, over the. Uh, you know so, so we've always uh, you know running uh, running out of our initial estimates so um, you know the 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 topic there was that if if you think a task will take more than a week then you should break it uh, mm. so so that, that 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 was the you know the, the first approach I've I've had towards uh, uh, towards you know project management yeah uh, I, I Later on my own, I, I decided that that was not the right approach because how the hell would you know that a task would take a week? I mean, that, that's a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of things can happen in a week, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, from from at that company, the, you know, management, they were not interested in units smaller than a week, which oh, wow. normally, uh, you know, in my view, it's, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Right? So. So I sort of migrated into, if if you cannot estimate your task, then then break it, and eventually you know the the parts are going to be you know manageable, and you will be able to estimate each one, and then you you add them all. You should probably pad as well, right? So so yeah. after you get you know you you get an estimate for all your parts, you add uh, all of that. Add you know. Depends, right? Twenty percent, fifty percent, right? You 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 will get the number. Uh, based on on your personal situation, uh, these days, for example, I I uh, something that I do a lot at Twilio is review blog posts from contributors, and I I can estimate how long it'll take me based on how how long they are. I I have sort of a a review speed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so so basically, you know, I I have a queue of three you know three posts to review. I sort of know it'll take me two days, three days. Uh, so, you know, uh you, you, you become better at it. But but the key is uh dividing dividing the work, you know, until you 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 can have a you know a handle on on the tasks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That will also help you uh by the way, it, it will help you uh have uh have a good uh sequence of uh tasks, right? Because if if you say, you know, uh, your task is to 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 write a, write my blog when I did my blog, mm-hmm. you know that that that's too abstract, right? So you know you you need to have a uh, a user system authentication. You know you you have to have blog posts in your database, blog posts rendered on your website, you know, it, it, and you you can start finding things and, and eventually. You know, all those little tasks can be estimated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing I liked about the, uh, the post was there was some accountability too. So you would track like you know, whether or not you were delusional with how long it would take. You're kind of keeping track of that. So you to help your intuition going forward. I really right. liked that part.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. Because really, I mean, the, the whole point of doing this is you, you want to know when you're going to be done. Right. That, right. That's, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, uh, I honestly don't remember if I put this in the blog post, I definitely have to reread it. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you know, when, when you create an estimate, the estimate should be, uh, should be adjusted all the time, constantly. Mm. So, uh, you know, companies that expect that on day one, you will say when you're going to be done and, and, and then don't expect adjustments. That's totally unrealistic. Hmm. right uh you know the the estimate should be you know a a live estimate that you update as as you make progress through your tasks Hmm.
0: right yeah that's powerful so like communication becomes more important than the task list because that thing is always going to be shifting around and so the best next best thing you can do is just be in a hundred percent uh transparency with yeah. the state of the project yeah. and all that stuff.
1: And and also the understanding that the estimate becomes more accurate as time goes on. Oh uh, yeah. Right. That's, that, that, that's a very important thing to, I mean, you are converging towards, you know, the actual end date. Yeah. So the closer you are, the more accurate your estimate will be. Mm. So I, 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 I don't think it will be a uh, great expe- expectation to, to have, you know, to have accuracy, you know, at the beginning of, a, a project, especially if, if it's long. Yeah. Right? But, you know, as, as you are making progress and, you know, ending tasks, then the, uh, you know, your, your estimate is going to become more accurate as you adapt mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, again, this might be something that you have already, uh, addressed, but I just want to hit it directly on here when breaking down a project into tasks, what insight do you have for chunking them down to bite sized pieces? uh
1: well it uh it should be uh one one thing but but um as i mentioned before sometimes it's difficult to identify the tasks so Mm -hmm. let's say you 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 want to write an application like a web application you know that's that that's your task right so you you have to start thinking about you know all, all the things that you need to do and make make a list and uh some of those tasks are still going to be big so so you you want to break them up you know into a second layer of subtasks and you you keep going like that you allow yourself to add tasks you know the next day if if you remember oh i needed to do this too mm-hmm. uh so so it, it should be a a live document where you you have the list of tasks uh you will probably at, at least I I sort them in the order in which I want to do them. Uh, sorting them is more complicated when you work with a team. Uh, I mean, some people keep separate lists per member. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it complicates having the estimate, in in my view. Yeah, uh, but you you can you can pick, keep keep a single list and then each member when when it ends a task grabs the next one or you know something of that sort uh but uh you know keeping them sorted in in more or less the order in which you'll do them and then uh having the option to add more tasks or remove tasks or change tasks uh is is also you know required in my view Mm -hmm. and and then if, if you have this uh like i did in that post in a spreadsheet then uh you know as you make changes you know the Estimate is updated for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, so we're we're in a funky time right now with COVID, and I was just curious, what uh, what are your top three tips for someone to monetize their Python programming skills during this uh, new paradigm that we operate in?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I wish I knew. Uh, <laughs> it's tricky, <clears throat> but if if I could. I'm sorry. If I could guess, uh one would be learning, learning something new. This is a great time. You know, I uh luckily I haven't been affected by by the COVID uh situation uh in my work. So I'm I'm continuing to work as usual and I work from home normally, so uh I'm I'm anti social, you know, before before the coronavirus hit i i was antisocial uh <laughs> as well so uh so so uh but, but people have uh, more, more time right? right a lot of people have uh uh that are not used to staying at home now uh e- even if they continue to work they don't have commute times you know so so you have more time and uh you know it's 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 an excellent time to learn something new uh, and uh and then why not share it Right. so so that will be second advice. Uh, so uh, I see uh, a lot of people are turning to uh, uh, to doing uh, YouTube videos or well podcasts as well uh, or blog posts uh, which I think is great. you know it's putting that time that extra time to to get use uh, and yeah, but basically that that would be my advice. Uh, i mean it's 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 my job i do that you know always mm-hmm. but uh but now a lot of people that uh when i tell them you should blog about this and and they complain that they don't have time well probably a, a lot of people now, do, now now do have time so right. so it's it's an excellent time to to invest in your you know in your skills and uh and sharing some of that content that maybe you think nobody cares about, but uh, definitely I guarantee you that some people will find useful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Kind of double down, double down during this time. Kind of take advantage of it. See it as an opportunity. I love that attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so these these are kind of like the last, uh, like final, just kind of rounding off the interview questions. I was curious, what is the best and worst thing about being a U.S.
1: citizen living abroad? <laughs> uh okay um well in particular for for ireland uh one thing that i do like is that the, the irish like americans uh that's not something that you can say for for every place in the world mm. but about uh, in ireland uh we americans are uh very much liked uh people find it you know like like oh you're american that's good you know, smiling their faces, mm-hmm. so I I really like that. Uh, uh, so so that that that, that will be something that I, I appreciate. Uh, I also like so so uh, you can probably guess that I, I I traveled a bit right. I was born in Argentina, then yeah. I lived most of my adult life in the States. Now I'm in Ireland, so I I don't really need. Uh, to the Opening the opening of my mind to different cultures, you know, I, I sort of have that. Uh, my kids, though, my, my kids were, you know, they're, they're all, you know, 100% American. So, uh, doing an experience, uh, and I, I don't think I'm gonna stay here forever, uh, definitely and until the end of this, you know, this virus mm-hmm. thing, uh, and probably a bit more. But, uh, but I th- I think it's it's eye opening, and and I I find this uh, in in America a lot of people don't don't travel that much outside of America, mm-hmm. so so it is uh, it is good to see, and and I I really like that my kids are, are getting to see how other parts of the world work, yeah, uh, you know uh, the the differences, you know the the topic of how. I don't know how healthcare, for example, is done in the States versus here in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, such a contrasting difference, especially now, you know, with, with the uh where we have a health emergency. Uh, you know, the, the differences are very interesting and I think are very valuable uh lessons for for my kids. Uh we, we have a lot of discussions about that. Uh so 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 th- those are all things that are good. I think mm-hmm. everyone should should spend some time. That's not a vacation outside of their home country, and and live somewhere else, at least one other place. Uh, you know, it, it, for for long enough to you know to get used to the customs and the culture, you know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you also asked me about the worst things. Uh, I, I I think. You I. You can know, just that, keep
0: it positive if you want. I mean, I, I I was just looking for, yeah. If you had a, yeah. If some,
1: go ahead. Yeah. No. Uh. So. So. There. The, there's nothing. Nothing really terrible. Uh, I have to say that. Uh, everywhere we go here, uh, the spaces are tight, mm. and, you know, <laughs> and co- compared to the states where you know, uh, so so the the, the house we're living in here in ireland is about uh, half the square footage of the house that we lived in the states mm-hmm. um, right so, so so rooms are smaller bathrooms are smaller <laughs> everything is like a, a, a smaller size the roads are so very narrow hmm. uh, right so you know I, I mean i'm keeping it positive but if, if i had to complain you know, I, th- I think uh, you know I I I was spoiled by the uh, the vast amounts of space that we have in America and how how we are used to uh, to have them available to us. Yeah. And here, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of open spaces, in, specifically in Ireland, but in the way they build the houses and roads and cities, not so much. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, I I never would have guessed that that would be the thing. So thank you for sharing that. I've never <laughs> yeah. been to Ireland. That that sounds amazing.
1: It's actually a beautiful country. Uh, we uh, so so uh, people don't know this, but uh, it's actually it doesn't rain all the time like people think. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of sunny days. Uh, we we have uh, better weather here than uh, you know what, what you normally see in Portland, Oregon, where where I lived. Yeah. Uh, so cool
0: yeah even even more of a bonus um what is uh someone that strikes you well actually let me let me just show you something real quick i don't know if you can see my little sign back there it says uh it says action action that's right that's what i'm all about and i was curious who is someone that strikes you as a role model for taking action it could be like anybody your your neighbor or somebody famous i'm just I'm curious about their attributes i 'm obsessed about this
1: uh, interesting uh, so I have to say that uh, here in Ireland uh, our our local so I live in, um, in a rural area of Ireland, so this is to give an idea about one hour drive north of Dublin. but it's a rural area there, there's a lot of farms, small village mm-hmm. setting uh, the the local Politician, the representative for this area, she is on top of everything. Uh, mm. so, so she's a neighbor, uh, and uh, she basically—I uh, mean, everybody knows her. She she goes door to door, you know, asking questions, getting signatures. Uh, you know, uh, so 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 that that is something that uh, I'm, I'm sure it, it happens in some places in the states. Mm-hmm not my experience in portland where yeah. i lived uh so so that that's something that i'm surprised the uh the, the way you know the, the power that all these uh you know smaller region politicians have uh is is uh pretty amazing makes me think that you know in the states the, with the current political situation uh a, a lot of uh time is spent on who's going to be the uh the candidate for for president and i wish uh, a lot of that energy will be spent in electing people you know who really move about and do things you know at the uh, community level mm. uh i don't know that that's you know that yeah, that's that's, cool. that's something that uh you know f- from afar looking at the news and mm-hmm. how how all this uh the for example the democratic primary went about you know i'm i'm very very uh you know disappointed in all the fighting and you know and you know you you will want people to be excited to go vote in november yeah uh and i I don't see that unfortunately yeah you know regardless of the candidate right i, I i'm not talking about specific candidates mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's more about fighting, and you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that yeah. that that's, that's that's something that uh, I, I I would love to see more, um, you know, focus not 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 focus so much on the president. Let let's let's remove some of the uh, the power, mm-hmm. you know, and and then bring it to the uh, you know to the small, you know, uh, kind of a you know divide and conquer approach yeah uh, that i think would uh, would really work hmm.
0: yeah that that uh i'm so happy you brought that up that's um a, you can do big things locally is kind of what that that lady is proving her model is right you can be you can have impact and act locally like that and that's yeah uh, profound. So, so you know
1: that uh, that there was a, that there was an issue with uh uh this it was this week uh, actually uh, th- th- there's an issue here in, in 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 our town where we are uh, with uh, some migrant workers. So this is, you know, that th- th- that are here mm-hmm. uh, related to the health emergency, mm. right? So uh, so so uh, people were commenting on this on on a local Facebook group. So so this lady, you know, the the politician saw it there, uh, right there. The next day, the prime minister was talking about it. Oh wow! Of Ireland. Right. Yeah. It, it went all the way up. And and now it, it's something that's going to be addressed. Mm. So uh you know, uh pretty amazing. It, 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 it's eye-opening because I, I never see things uh being so smooth uh hmm. in, in in America. I, I yeah. haven't experienced it myself at least. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a really cool story. I'm I'm inspired to hear that. That's really <laughs> awesome. Gives something for people to aim for, model yes, greatness, yeah, you know. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um so, uh, do you, do, are you a book person much? Do you do like personal development reading or, or not so much? Uh,
1: not so much. I'm a fiction book person. Okay. Let's run with
0: that. What is the most important fiction book that we should read in 2020?
1: Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so something that, uh, an author that speaks to me a lot and I'm not able to explain it or put it in words is Stephen King. Um so he's written so many things that um and more so the ones that are not straight horror stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh yeah I so so I mean the 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 one that everybody everybody knows is probably because of the movie the shawshank redemption mm. right uh i'm amazed at, you know how someone can come up with you know those kinds of stories so uh well that that in particular that that one is so so positive in the end yeah. uh so so stephen king will be my number one um uh, number one uh recommendation for uh, for fiction cool uh I don't know. I, uh, I I like a lot of uh, crime dramas as well. Steve, Stephen King wrote some that are pretty good as well. Uh, the the, uh, the Mercedes, uh, what is it, what is it called? A, uh, I don't remember the exact name. Mercedes man or Mercedes killer, something like that. Uh, that was actually pretty good as well.
0: Uh, Mr. Is it Mr. Mercedes? Oh, Mr.
1: Mr. Mercedes. There, okay. yeah, there you go. Uh, which was also made into a movie or, or a TV series. Hmm. Uh, so um, you know the the, um, the dramas that uh, show you know very conflicted individuals that, that I I really enjoy mm-hmm. and it make makes make me think about you know could that happen in real time. He wrote about epidemics as well hmm. uh, at some point. Right. the best is is one that you know, not not the same thing, but uh, you know, interesting. Where, where you know, things happen that that somehow let you realize, you know, make you realize that you know, the society, the civilization is really hanging on strings. Brutal, it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that we're we're living in one of these situations now, uh, but. Uh, yeah I mean so many things can destroy everything that that you often give for granted right
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome. Just keep that on the forefront of your mind for sure uh i I certainly think about that a lot right now, just how brittle the i mean the economy was at like an all time high and now it's like what's going on with the oil price and stuff
1: <laughs> yeah right and it's uh. Crazy. Yeah, and and then all all the misinformation that that's yeah. going on about, you know, uh, yeah, y- y- you know, I mean, the the uh, yeah, uh, it it it's 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 basically like like when, when you read these uh, these fiction authors, uh, you you sort of not think that it could happen, but but it could really. Yeah. So, you know. Cool. Thanks for the recommendations there. And, uh,
0: all righty. Well, here's my, here's another signature one. I get to ask everybody mm-hmm. on the show, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received?
1: Uh, Hmm. Okay. Uh, I have to think about that. Um, probably to, uh, to share, uh, you know, f- from 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 my family, that that came from you know from the, mm-hmm. the way I was raised. Uh, Excellent. My my dad in particular, he uh, he always uh, you know, he he was very active, sharing and inventing things, uh, and and then testing them out with neighbors and you know that that type of thing. Yeah. So I I learned that from from him. I think. Mm-hmm. So, he sounds
0: he sounds like a cool dude. Uh
1: yeah, in some ways. Not, in, not in every way, but you know, as, <laughs> as, as everybody, you know, good sides and bad sides and yeah. you know, uh, but, but yes, that, that one was uh, was a, a good thing that I, uh, I, I copied from, from him. Hmm.
0: Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And we've opened up a ton of cans of worms today, talked about all kinds of things. What is the message that
1: you would like the audience to leave with? Uh, so uh, more, more than anything is that, uh, th- this is a great time to uh to tell people what you do, right? So so share in, in any medium that you feel comfortable with uh what, what you're doing. Um I mean we, we talked about like a thousand times already yeah. in this uh in, in this interview. Uh but yeah I cannot stress how important and how good that worked for me. So I, I want it to work for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um uh so so yeah uh, and uh if if you think you might want to write for the twilio blog then uh you know i'm i'm here and uh i'm always uh, looking for uh, for interesting uh topics to uh, to include in our blog so definitely reach out
0: awesome and where uh where is the best place for people to reach out to you is it twitter linkedin
1: uh, um
0: your blog i guess is uh yeah so so uh,
1: i'm 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 not picky about that i, I try okay. to make myself available uh in every possible way so so yes my my dms are open on twitter uh, so so feel free to to uh talk to me there uh, or uh yeah on uh if, if if you go to the uh to any blog post that i've written on uh either on my blog on twilio my my email is there Mm-hmm. right my, either my work email or my personal email so so feel free to to email me uh so so you know everything is valid uh write a github issue if you want uh, yeah I, I don't mind uh so so all, all those are fine to reach out to me
0: cool and then uh one last thing i noticed on your patreon once you hit the 100 people mark you're going to be you're going to be uh procuring articles for the the patrons
1: so uh, yes, th- that so, might be another call to action, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, so I have to say that I'm I'm not paying. I, I should be plugging my my Patreon more. Yes, uh, uh, there are about thirty or so uh, people right now, and yeah, the goal is if if uh, if I get get it to one hundred, I'm going to set up an application, a web application, very likely written in Flask that I'm going to give access to those lucky 100 individuals plus 100 plus and where they will be able to vote for uh the the articles that I write on my blog Mm -hmm. so yes definitely looking forward to that
0: yeah that sounds amazing well Miguel did we leave anything off the table or did we do a good job today
1: I believe we did a good job yeah we, we talked about pretty much everything yes
0: yes yeah, my, my aim was to do an interview because I know you've done a couple of podcast interviews before and I was trying to get a different a different side of Miguel today. So mm-hmm. yeah, this, yeah, very much hopefully so. Hopefully this was unique. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Thanks cool. so much
1: for that. Yeah, it, it, it was a very cool interview. Excellent,
0: man. Well, yeah, this has been a blast. I think I'm going to end the recording here. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you, Ben.